You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Friday show for you as we head into the weekend. I told you that Northwestern football scandal, hazing scandal, was going to open up a can of worms in college sports. Already, we're seeing that happen. University of Minnesota football players, ones that recently were playing for Minnesota football, have stuff to say about P.J. Fleck, who um, pretty much is one of the more well-respected coaches in college football and one of the best motivators. So, yeah, keep that in mind for sure. Um, he is... Well, let's just say I'll re- I'll I'll, uh, I'll go over everything with you here. Um, the Texas Rangers are continuing to mash the baseball. Um, big win the other night um, on Wednesday night that I did not talk about uh, yesterday. And also, ESPN put out a very interesting um, post in regards to unbreakable records in sports, and I want to go over these because I I find a lot of these pretty interesting. And we'll get to all that momentarily. So let's first start off with <clears throat> Minnesota football players are now speaking out against head coach P.J. Fleck. Uh, a report for front office sports, multiple former players, says the culture within the team does not match the positive mantra popularized by P.J. Fleck. And if you don't know Minnesota football, you don't know, you didn't follow him at Western Michigan and then on to Minnesota, uh, he has this row the boat mantra, which is basically everybody rowing in the same way. We're going to get things done. And Wednesday, there was a report released uh, from reporter AJ Perez that includes details from anonymous players, some of whom were actually starters. So these were not disgruntled guys that never played or whatever. Uh, painted a negative image of Fleck and his coaching staff. Basically, the one of the biggest things was a lackadaisical stance on players who fail drug tests and excessive workouts being used as punishments. I don't know when coaches are going to stop this. I mean, it's going to take somebody, and it it has happened, um, it's going to take a player dying because of excessive working out um, before a coach really starts to curb that. But essentially, when it comes to being lackadaisical about players with drug tests, Allegedly, he had a system called the Fleck Bank in which team members can accumulate coins and for various community service endeavors. So you go out, you, you know, work at the local YMCA or whatever. Various community service endeavors earned you essentially coins. So then... If you failed a drug test, you could turn those coins in for you not to be turned in by the school or by the team. Like, I mean, if this is true, um, what are some of the other things? Uh, Players also noted that they were required to all give a round of applause anytime Fleck entered the room. Kind of a weird flex. Kind of, I, I would think, points more to him as an egomaniac for that to happen. And But people would get in trouble because they weren't as quick to stand up and applaud him. Like That's some serious power maneuvering on his part, on Fleck's part. And again, the Sports Illustrated did this story 
Um, if this turns out to be true and guys are able to skirt failed drug tests because they earn points outside the community, outside the football program and outside the community, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be long uh, before PJ Fleck is out of a job. And trust, and it's not like this guy had any sniff of bad publicity before that. They've won back to back seasons of nine game or nine games, back to back seasons. I think they've won two bowl games in a row. Like. He's put Minnesota football on the map. He's one of the best motivators in college football. You hear the guy speak, and you just want to run through a wall for the guy. When he did this at Western Michigan, people were like, oh, this, this guy's going places. He's going to move up the coaching ranks and going to get a big Power 5 job. He did. He went to Minnesota. He's been rumored to move on from Minnesota. Um, he might not have a choice now because they might let him go, um, depending on how deep this stuff runs and if more players come out and say it's worse than that. I just, look. When the Northwestern scandal broke, we talked about it, and we said there is so much hazing going on in college football, in college sports, not just college football, college basketball, I'm sure, the same thing. It's just a matter of the extent of it. And this isn't even player-on-player hazing. This is breaking the rules by the coaching staff. So maybe this gets settled with, oh, he's fined, and oh, he's not allowed to coach X amount of games. Maybe he keeps his job over this and he's just fined and suspended for a couple games. But this does not look good for him. It does not look good for the program. Um, and like I said, these were not disgruntled former players that never saw the field and playing time. Some of them were former starters. And when good players on your team are complaining about you, and it's not like they were a bad team. Back-to-back nine-win seasons, two bowl wins in a row. And they're still bitching about their coach and how he treated them. So quite interesting doings in um, in Minnesota. Let's move on to the Texas Rangers. I did not talk about this yesterday um, because I recorded before the Ranger game was over yesterday. So on Wednesday night, the Rangers, who had built up a six-and-a-half game lead, I believe, at the beginning of this month, in the AL West, was down to one game on Wednesday night against the Houston Astros. The Astros were going for a three-game sweep. If they would have gotten it, they would have tied the Rangers for first place. I can't remember the last time the Rangers were out of first place this season. And they fell behind 3 nothing right away with a three-run home run in the first inning. Um, and all of a sudden, by the eighth inning, the Rangers were up 13-3. to But there was some serious, serious trash-talking. Marcus Simeon got plunked. By Framber Valdez and Simeon, while he was in his next time up, first pitch swinging, hit a two-run home run, staring at the pitcher basically the whole way around the bases. And then when he got to home plate, told catcher Martin Maldonado, "We're going to win this game." And he was, you know, he was pissed. Um, later on uh, that night, later on, I think I can't remember what inning it was, but um, Adolis Garcia, El Bombi, hit a grand slam. Literally took him, I think, 18 minutes to run around the bases. Simeon was on the base pass when Adolis hit his grand slam. He got to home plate and basically talked trash to Martin Maldonado and said, I told you we were going to win. And benches cleared. No punches were thrown, but uh, Simeon was thrown out of the game. But, you know, being in Texas, uh, you know, I'm not a Ranger fan. I'm indifferent. It'd be great if they, you know, did well. Um, all I care about is my fantasy team. So, um, but they, I, I thought that was a really, really interesting flex by the Rangers because first time they've been challenged this year. And look, they might lose the next two, and Houston wins the next two, and it just took two more games. 
for the Astros to catch the Rangers. But that was a really big statement win, and that's a, that's a win that can carry you through the end of the season. I'm not saying it's going to, but to do that, to be on the brink of a three-game sweep that makes you lose your lead in the division and to fall behind 3 nothing in the first inning, you're just like, oh, shit, here we go. But then respond with 13 consecutive runs and end up winning 13-5. This is now the 21st game that the Texas Rangers have scored over 10 runs this season. That's tied for second most in franchise history, and it's July 28th. Not only that, there's only uh, the, the, the team that's in second place this year with scoring 10 runs or more, double-digit runs in a game this year, is the Cubs, and they're at 14. So that shows you how great the Rangers' offense has been. 21 times 10 runs or more, and second place has only done it 14 times. So I thought it was a great win, a great win for the Rangers. And it was fun seeing trash talk. You love, especially when there's a lot of yapping in baseball. There's really never been any, at least recently, any good fights. It's just a lot of posturing and a lot of trash talking and benches clear and players run in from the bullpens just to go running basically right back to it. But Marcus Simeon getting plunked and then the very next at-bat First pitch swinging, hits a two-run home run, and is literally looking at the pitcher as he's rounding the bases. And then to find out after the game, they asked him what he said to the catcher when he got home, and he's like, yeah, I told him we were going to win. <laughs> that's, I think that's pretty fucking cool. So thank you, um, <laughs> Marcus Simeon, uh, for doing that. Some Shohei Otani news. The Angels have said, you know what? We're all in this season. Not only are we all in and we're not going to trade Shohei Otani, they've taken him off the trading block. They've also said, look, we think we can win and we think we can re-sign him. Personally, I don't think he's going to re-sign with the Angels in the offseason, even if the Angels make a run to the playoffs. They are only three and a half games out now. They swept the Detroit Tigers yesterday. Shohei Otani had his first complete game as a pitcher in Major League Baseball, striking out 11. And then in the second game, he hit two home runs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this guy is so stupid and so ridiculous that, you know, look, when Mike Trout went out with the broken hamate bone and it looks like he's going to be out to the end of August, it was like, hey, it's church now for the Angels. They are done. Now it's almost like they're using it as a rallying cry to play better baseball because they were horrible. Well, not horrible. They were they were just an average team. They had four teams ahead of them in the wild card. I don't know how many are ahead in the wild card right now. I should probably look it up. But... <laughs> I mean, just to see them playing the way that they are now, playing a lot better. I believe they're four games over 500. Otani with his first complete game, two home runs in the second game. It's just like, what can't this guy do? And, you know, and, and maybe some of it had, you know, look, his last two starts were not very good. He he had the whole blister problem. And, and maybe the trade talk got to him because, Pretty ironic that his last two or three starts before the trade deadline were his worst three starts of the season. And then after the Angels publicly come out and say, we're not trading him. We're not trading this guy. He's going to be an Angel the rest of the year. He comes out and does that yesterday. So he's an amazing player. I know it sounds ridiculous since he's only six years in, but he is the best baseball player in the history of of baseball because he can do two things and do two things at an elite level. Can he keep it up, and how long he can keep it up is a different story. But right now, nobody in the history of baseball has ever done what he's done. 
through six years uh, of playing. All right. This is going to be a shorter podcast, but I do want to end with this. <laughs> ESPN had the most did a list of the most unbreakable records in sports currently. There are some on this list that will never be broken. I know it's, you know, you, you want to say never say never, but just the way the sport is going now in these some of these particular sports, you just you just don't think it's going to be mathematically possible because it's just the sport is a different sport now. But there's some on here that I think, while it seems pretty far out there, I, I wouldn't say it's no way done deal. So let's go over these. The first one, Jerry Rice, NFL, 22,895 receiving yards in his career. I think that can be broken because Jerry Rice played in a time where the football wasn't thrown around nearly as much as anymore. If Of all the records that I'm about to read you, that's probably the one that gets broken the easiest. And not saying it's easy to do that, but when Justin Jefferson is averaging fifteen hundred a year, you know, so if he if he gets three thousand every two years and he plays for ten years, uh, that puts him at fifteen thousand. Okay, so that's only if he plays ten years. (laughs) If he plays another, if he plays thirteen years and averages fifteen thousand, that would put him at. what uh, tw- uh 15 21 22 5 which and jerry rice is at 22 so just do the math on it if you average 1500 a year for 13 years you're at 22,500, and the record's 22 895 so it is not impossible it's not going to be easy but when you when you hear me read some of these other ones you're going to be like yeah that's never getting broken at least with football the way it's going now it's a passing league. You know this. And receivers are putting up stupid numbers, like ridiculous numbers. So anyway, that has a chance to be broken for sure. Wayne Gretzky in the NHL with 1,963 career assists. I don't know much about hockey. I just know that there is a stat out there that Wayne Gretzky has twice as many assists as the second place guy in all of hockey. Like, second place in hockey, I believe, has 900 and something assists. So, 1,900 assists for your career, yeah, never getting broken. The next two are 1,000 billion gazillion percent never getting broken, and it's not even going to be close. First one, Cy Young in baseball through 749 complete games. I know it's a different sport back then, and those stats probably shouldn't even count. But that's just, I mean, most players don't even get, I don't know, 500 starts in his career, and this guy's throwing 749 complete games. It's just, it's so stupid and so unbelievable. There's, you don't even want to even start doing the math of, well, if somebody, Shohei Otani's been pitching for six years, he just threw his first complete game yesterday. Like, come on now. The other one, Will Chamberlain averaging 50 points a game uh, in 1961 and 62. Yeah, NBA players get up in the low 30s now. Nobody's going to average 50 points a game in the NBA. It's just not going to happen. That's just dumb. Boston Celtics, eight straight NBA titles. Now, while that is probably never going to get broken, it's not just crazy to think that. Because in the 90s, the Bulls won three. Michael Jordan retired for two years. The Houston Rockets won those two years. And Michael came back and they won three in a row. So 
everybody has said for the longest time, if Michael doesn't retire, do the Bulls win eight in a row? So they won six out of eight. And the two they didn't win was because the arguably the greatest player ever didn't play. So while with the way parity is in the NBA now and the CBA uh, not allowing teams to build super teams to win eight straight, it's probably never going to happen. But I do think that there's a 0.1% chance it does, whereas there's zero chance anyone's averaging 50 a game and zero chance everyone's, anyone's throwing 750 complete games in their career. Simone Biles, 19 World Gymnastics gold medals. I think that could be beaten. You know, I, I, I don't find that crazy. Some people have gotten, what, in the double digits, right? So it's not like that is so far out there. Cal Ripken, 2,632 consecutive games played. Probably never going to be broken as well just because of load management nowadays. I know it's more of a basketball thing, but 2,600 games in a row where you just uh, – you I mean, that's ne- you're never injured for that long. That's – that's crazy. Probably never going to be broken. UConn Huskies women's basketball, 111 game winning streak. Again, probably not going to be broken, but it just doesn't seem as daunting because there can be dynasties in women's college basketball. We've seen it. I mean, the UConn, this wasn't long ago that UConn had this 111 game winning streak. So who's to say someone couldn't go three and a half seasons again and never lose a game? Ricky Henderson, 1,400 career stolen bases. I mean, yeah, probably not going to get broken just because stolen bases, while they are on the uptick this year with the new pitch clock and stolen bases are, are a thing again, nobody's stealing 1,400 bases in a, in a career. It's it's just it's too late now. Michael Phelps, 28 Olympic medals. Mm, probably untouchable, but you could see somebody doing it. Not crazy. And then the last one was Emmett Smith with 18,355 career rushing yards. <sighs> Something tells me that's not getting broken because of what we've talked about literally for the last two weeks is that running backs are basically a dying breed in, in the NFL. And they're just not getting the ball as much. It's a passing league. Quarterbacks going for four and 5,000 yards every season in their sleep. Running backs just don't get the ball as much. And Emmett Smith was all about volume. I mean, he would just average 25 carries a, ga- a game for for years. Um, and even he wore down. So, yeah, that's probably not getting broken. But I saw that list, and I was like, wow. First off, it reminded me of some of these records that I totally forgot about. And two, um, now that I've read all of them, yeah, I think the Jerry Rice one, if one of those is going to be broken, the first one you'd look at, is Jerry Rice's 22,895 career receiving yards, I would think. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please uh, follow an Apple podcast. Uh, send this along to your friends. Pass it along. It's um, uh, You can rate and review. That definitely helps the podcast as well. I hope you all have a great weekend. I'll be back on Monday. Again, thank you so much for listening. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. Take your-